At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Welcome to our series, Newish. Everything's changed. Have you? Where we're celebrating that in Christ, we have been given new life. The only question is, are you living it? Let's turn to Romans chapters 5 through 7 to decipher whether we're living in Christ's freedom or trapped in the patterns of our old life. What a morning, what a morning. I know that Ben has already given this update. Um, I want to give it to you as well. As you can tell, there's been a lot of changes around here just over the past seven days. That lobby is starting to look a little bit more like a lobby, isn't it? Within next few weeks, we're hoping to open up the restrooms over there, which will be so nice. I know it's going to be great. And so we're close to moving our coffee stuff over as well. We're getting close. You know, one thing we haven't done, though, we haven't really opened up the, the facilities to say to everyone who lives around us, hey, come on in and take a look. And that's really what October 23rd is about. It is about really just saying hello to all the neighbors around us. This only works with your help, though. You know, we can do things like put some food trucks out back. We can do that. We can put some bounce houses outside. We can do that. We can get some cider and donuts for now. We can do that. We can do all those things. But this outreach event only works with you. It only works with you helping to invite. We'll do the social media push. But really, it's you inviting that helps to bring people from throughout our community into this facility. And if you miss the announcement, essentially what we're going to do, you've seen... Like back in the day, how people would do trunk or treats, right? You'd line your cars up in the parking lot and open up your trunk, and kids would walk around, and they could just get a whole bunch of candy real, real fast. We're doing kind of like that, but what we're going to do is instead of our trunks, it's all going to be like in downstairs in the kids' area. We're going to have, you'll have a little area, and that'll be your area. You can decorate it however you want. You'll have a little area. And so people will walk in. They literally will take a tour right through the kids' area collecting candy, and they'll come right up here, and they'll go through here, and they'll go through the new lobby, and then they'll go downstairs where they'll finish with cider and donuts. And so sign-ups are happening now. It's right out this door there's the Connect desk right there. You can sign up there. We'll have online sign-ups soon as well. But guys, we're pretty pumped about the potential of what this does. Because I, I encounter people on a regular basis who say, yeah, I've been thinking about going back to church. I just, you know, didn't know of where I should go. This is such a great opportunity for us to invite people in. So some of you are too young to remember this, but some of you will remember this. Well, back in the day, a church up front would not have looked like this, right? You, you wouldn't have had drums up in the church. Oh, no. There wouldn't have been that. There wouldn't have been whatever this thing is. Nope. No, you would have had a big wooden pulpits, what you would have had. There would have been a piano right over there. Maybe if you were a fancy church, you got an organ, too. You got a piano and an organ. That's what you got. And you would have the choir on these little step things behind me. You know, you'd have the, the choir there. And the person who's like, Kip, they would have there would have been no funky guitar going on. Oh, no. They would have been standing here like this, and they would have done this to you. I don't, I don't know how they do that, but that little hand thing they would do. And then as a congregation, anyone remember this? Raise your hand if you're like, yep, I'm all. Half of you don't remember it. Cool. Okay, so here's what you would do. When it would come time to sing, there were no chairs. You had pews, right? And so everyone sit in pews, and you get these books called hymnals. And what you would do, there were no, that stuff, that wasn't here. You didn't have screens on the wall. No, you had, you had a book, and you would all read out the book, and you would sing the songs at the same time. You'd sing a couple songs, and then you would put them down, and you'd sit down, and the pews were not very comfortable, but you sat there anyway. You know, you'd sit there, and it's always too hot, always too cold, kind of like this place. Anyway, you'd sit down, 
And you're, you're sitting there, and the, sometimes the choir wouldn't leave yet because they were going to sing a special. And what I learned is when the choir would sing a special, you're not supposed to sing. Like you let them do the singing and you just do the watching. And then at the end, you would say, amen. Unless it's real, real good, then you could clap. But normally you didn't clap. People would look at you weird for that. So you just say amen and call it good. That meant like, mm. Or sometimes the choir would leave. And for the special, a couple of people come out, they get the microphone, and they tell you a little story first before they went to sing. They went to preach the sermon before they would sing, and then they'd sing something like the Anchor Holds or whatever, you know, they'd sing that song, and uh, they would do that. Or sometimes, this would have been like late 80s and then kind of through the 90s, all the singers would leave, the piano players would leave, the choir would leave, the kip person would leave, all those people would leave, and then these actor types would come out on stage, and they would do a skit. Y'all remember skits? Yeah, Okay. So there was one skit that I remember, all of that to tell you this story. There was a skit I remember, and it was this family getting ready for church. They had a mom and a dad, and you had the kids in the back, and mom was so stressed out. She couldn't find anything at all that would fit. And then you had the son back here. He's all stressed out. He can't find any socks that matches in his whole bedroom. Can't find any socks that match. The little girl, she's over here. She don't want to brush her hair. It hurts, and so she's crossing her arms. She's all throwing a fit, and dad finally is sick of it all. He's like, that's it, everyone in the car, now, you know, and so he does the big dad voice, and mom is like, mm, you're not talking to me that way, you know, and so <laughs> mom puts the all stop on everything, but finally everybody gets in the car, and so they're kind of, you know, they're going to church and everything, and mom's like, stop, you know, and the, you know, they do the head thing, and she's like, I forgot to turn on the roast, and anyway, so then they're going again, and then the little girl tells on the little boy that he still doesn't have on any socks, so he gets in trouble, he's like, I told you I couldn't find any socks, you know, and they're going to church, and finally dad loses his cool, because it's chaos, you know, it is just out of control, and dad is just like, everyone quiet, you know, it gets real, like, loud and obnoxious, and, and he says, I don't want to hear a peep out of anyone until we get to the church, of course, one of the kids goes, peep, you know, just for fun, <laughs> and then they pull into the church, you know, they pull into the church, dad is over it. You know, he gets out of the car, slams the door. The kids are all getting out of the car, you know, and they're looking crazy, slicking down their hair and getting, and they turn around, you know who's standing right there, right? The pastor. The pastor's standing right there. And when they do, the dad all of a sudden, oh, <laughs> good to see you, pastor, you know, puts on the face. And the family, they strike this pose. And it's like the I don't know, the growing pains, family ties, full house. You know the picture, right? The cheese, you know, that picture. They strike that pose. And what I liked about this script is um, sometimes when I'm preaching, y'all chuckle. You may not even know you know that you do this, but you'll, you'll chuckle, which a chuckle is kind of like, that's really not that funny, but I know you're trying to be funny, and I want to make you feel good about yourself. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to kind of, you know, I'm just going to go with it, Pastor. And then sometimes, like with that script, people would full-on belly laugh. Like they would laugh until tears are coming out. And then we would finish up, and I've done this in multiple states, you know, we would do that thing. And inevitably, though, people come up afterwards and they would say, that, that was funny. I mean, I understood the humor there. But, you know, the reality is in my life, that was way too true. And what would happen is not just our Sunday mornings, what it would look like, but it's the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What people would act like in my house was so far from Jesus, it's not even funny. And then on Sunday, it's like they would put on this church mask you know what I'm talking about, the church mask? They would put on a church mask and try to act like everything is all good and it's all Jesus all the time. But then six days a week, it was so hurtful and it was so damaging. That's the life that I grew up with. 
That's exactly what we're talking about today. Let's take our Bibles and open up to Romans chapter 6. Because Romans chapter 6 is talking about that exact same dynamic. Romans chapter 6. We finished chapter 5 up last week. And last week we were able to see chapter 5 verse 20, right? Where sin increases, grace increases all the more. Picture this scene. You got this little cup. Not a, not a big, like, not one of those cups, just like a little normal size cup. And your little cup it represents sin, and sin kind of overflows in this cup. Well, this description that Paul gives says that as sin is kind of trickling over your little cup, grace is like that fire hydrant where you stick your face right there and just get blasted by grace, right? It doesn't matter how much sin there is, as sin that increases, grace is going to increase all the more, which causes some of you. Because you're the smart aleck type. Some of you are going, wait, as much as I sin, there's always enough grace to cover that sin. So I just get to keep on sinning, right? I can sin as much as I want to. In fact, that's the question we're going to wrestle with. We're going to wrestle with the question, in Christ, are we freed to sin or freed from sin? Are we freed to sin? You get this to keep on sinning however much you want because grace is going to cover it. Or are you freed from sin? Now, y'all are all pretty smart, so you know since we're in church, there's a Sunday school answer here, right, that we are freed from sin. But what Paul's going to show us in Romans chapter 6 is how and why that is true. As we look at this big idea that our walk must match our baptism, our walk must match our baptism. Now, in just a couple of minutes, we have five baptisms that are going to take place here. That's why we're actually streaming this service. We streamed last service, too. We're, we're doing both. But we have five baptisms in this, too, and then, and then one after service at, at the lake. Um, so that's happening, too. So it's an exciting day around here. And what we see Paul do is he takes that picture of baptism to answer this question. So let's dive in as we look at how we died to sin. Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 1. He says, what... Shall we say then, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. So he jumps in here, kind of like he knows we're all going to be a bunch of McSmarties, Smarty McSmarties, right? He knows that we're going to do this. We're looking for a loophole. We're looking for a way out. Because in chapter 5, verse 20, again, it says where sin increases, grace increases all the more. And he says, based off of that, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? And notice here, he doesn't pause. He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't build up to it. He says, by no means. He says, quit trying to look for a loophole. Quit trying to be a, a McSmarty. Quit trying to do an end around. Like the answer is no. I'm going to tell you why the answer is no. But the answer is no. That's not how we should live. Which is good because I naturally, I want this question. Back in the day, this like, I haven't been in Oklahoma, like lived in Oklahoma for a while now, right? But like 25 years ago in Oklahoma, they had these restaurants with sneeze guards. Y'all know what a sneeze guard? It's that glass that covers the food so you don't sneeze on it, right? A sneeze guard. And you go to these restaurants where you could get all the chow mein you wanted. Like in the general's chicken, I know who the general is, but his chicken's delicious, right? And you just pile it up on your plate and you can eat all you want. You keep eating 
And when you've eaten everything on your plate, you just go get another clean plate. That's all you got to do. Because there's it, magically, there was more food there, right? An abundance of food. You, or go down the road. They have another one, just kind of like that one, but without Chinese food. This other one, they're going to have like some fried fish and some hush puppies and macaroni and cheese and all the banana pudding. You didn't know there was that much banana pudding in the world, but they got it. They got all the banana pudding. And so sometimes, me and my buddies, you know, we'd be like these football guys. We were like, you know what we ought to do? We got to go see if we can break them. You know, let's do that. Like, we'll just go, all, the whole team, we'll just show up and see if we can break this place. You know, we'll see if all of a sudden they run out of food. Let's try it. And we went to a, abuse the buffet, right? That's what we would do. We would go in an effort to like, we're totally, or CeCe's Pizza. I mean, was that like $2.99 for the pizza buffet? It wasn't very good pizza at all. Like, it was horrible. You know, but $2.99, that's not very much for all you can eat pizza. So... We would go and we would just like, we're going to eat everything. We're going to, we literally would try to abuse the buffet. And here's what Paul's saying. Don't take a posture of abuse with grace. The answer is by no means should we do that. And the rest of verse 2 and following, he tells us why. He says in verse 2, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. He says, how can we who died in sin still live in it? And the answer is, we, we can't. We can't. We're dead to it. We can't still live in it. And then he says in verse 3, do you not know all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? See, I think sometimes we look at following Christ like we follow teams. Like some this morning, maybe you're like, I wear green because I like the green team. And some of you are like, I wear blue because I like the blue team. They both won yesterday, so it's okay, right? <laughs> I wear blue because I like the blue team. I think sometimes we look at Christ and we go, I'm team Jesus. I'm a fan of Jesus. That's why I'm going to go in on Sundays and just act like, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm part of, of team Jesus. But that's not what scripture teaches Scripture teaches that you are unified with Christ. Not you're a fan of Christ. You are unified with him. Do you see what it said? It said that your baptism, here's the picture that's represented in baptism. You are unified with Jesus because you stand with him in his death. Do you remember why Jesus died? Jesus died to pay for the sins of the entire world. Jesus died to conquer sin. Jesus died to pay for sin. So when we are baptized, essentially what we're saying is, sin, you are dead to me. I am no longer associated with you. Verse 4, he goes that next step. He says, we are buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. So we stand with Jesus in his death. And when we go under the water, it is this picture that we stand with Jesus in his burial. Not just his death, but his burial as well. When you go under the water... It is symbolic of that standing with Christ in his burial. You are completely disassociating with sin. So I like movies. Y'all, before I tell you about the movie, not too long ago I did one of those tests, you know, to find out like, okay, what's my makeup? Where, where did my family come from? You know those tests, like where did my family come from? And I kind of had like a hope and a dream. I was like, I hope I'm like half Scottish and half Italian. That's what I hope. You know, because Italian, I mean, just Italian, it's cool, right? Like all things Italian. I want to be Italian. And, 
and Scottish, because Braveheart, you know, so I want to be a little Scottish, you know, and that's what I want, and uh, look at me, I'm not Italian, y'all, like none, <laughs> not 1% of me was Italian. Now, the Scottish part was there, but anyway, let's focus on the Italian part. There's this movie, we're not going to talk about the name of the movie, the name of the movie's not important, but it's a long time ago, there was a character named Michael in this movie, played by Al Pacino, that movie. Anyway, so the movie with Al Pacino, he's having this conversation with his brother Fredo. Fredo's goofed up because the family has a, a business, right? And Fredo's messed up to the point that the feds are coming in, checking out the family. The feds have never checked out my family businesses, right? That would be bad. That would be a bad day. That would freak me out. That's never happened to me. But the feds are checking out the family business. And Michael is so done with Fredo. So there's this conversation. And I want to read to you a couple lines. I was going to I was going to do this in an Italian accent, and I thought, no, we have real Italians here, and so I don't want the conversations after the service because I goof up that. Anyway, no accent. It'd be distracting. Here's what he says. Michael's talking. The boss is talking to his brother, and he says this. He says, Fredo, and here's what's good. He, um, he's not screaming these lines in the movie. He doesn't yell. There's not like spit flying all over the place. I mean, it is just delivered emphatically and clearly. He says, Fredo, you're nothing to me now. You're not a brother. You're not a friend. I don't know you or what you do. I don't want to see you at the hotels. I don't want you near my house. When you see our mother, I want to know a day in advance so I won't be there. You're dead to me. So Fredo's just literally lying there, collapsed in a chair, hearing these words are just devastating words of his brother. I mean, his brother's delivering these words that say, okay, there used to be this this connection with us, this association with us, but I am disassociating with you. You are dead to me. I want nothing to do with you. I want you to go back to Romans 6. Do you see what Paul says? Paul says that we stand with Christ in his death and in his burial. We disassociate with sin. We remove ourselves from that. We are no longer connected with sin. Our identity, church, is in Christ Jesus. That's where our identity is. It's not in sin. That's not where we're tied up. How are you doing with that? See, some of you, here's what I think. I think some of you, you probably know about Jesus here. You know about Jesus here. And if I said, hey, did you know that on the third day he rose from the dead? Yeah, I knew that. And if I said, have you ever stood in your heart with Jesus and his death and his burial, do you, do you realize that like you were all tied up in sin and you have to turn from that sin and intentionally remove yourself? Do, do you realize that some of you, that's where all of a sudden you freeze? And you would say, I've never, I've never done that. I mean, I know, I know basic Bible stuff, but I, in my heart, I've never done that. I've never had that kind of conversation like Michael did with Fredo. I've never done that. I've never said sin. I'm disassociating with you. I'm done. You are dead to me because I stand with Christ. I stand with Christ. So when we see these baptisms, here's what's going to happen. Ben's going to take them. They're going to read their testimonies. They're going to go under the water. They are standing with Jesus in his death and his burial. Hey, Ben. In fact, he's going to remove this thing now because this is keeping it warm so they don't freeze to death. And so he's going to go ahead and we're going to act like he's not there. But then... He's not going to hold them down, right? That would be weird. That'd freak everybody out if he just kept holding them. Which brings us to our second point, which is we rose to a new life. He's not going to hold them down. He's going to bring them back up, raised to walk a new kind of life. Let's go to verse 4. 
We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we've been unified with him in a death like, like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So you go under the water. And if you've never been baptized, let me just say, sometimes people have reasons for not wanting to be baptized. One reason is, well, I feel like the church just wants us to kind of check a box, you know? It's just, I got to go through the motions, and that's part of what you're supposed to do, going through the motions. And I just, yeah, I mean, I could or I couldn't. It just wasn't that big of a thing. I hope you're seeing from the Bible that it's a real big thing. It's a real big thing because as sin starts to bubble up in life, As that happens, you get to go back to that baptism, back to that reminder and say, no, I remember. I remember publicly standing with Jesus in his death and in his burial. But not just that, I stood with him in the resurrection. Think about this. You're under the water, just like Jesus was in the tomb. Jesus did not stay in that tomb on the third day. He conquered death. He come busting out of the tomb, just like you bust out of the water. And it's at that point that as a church, we're all going to celebrate today. We get a lot of celebration. Those of you who are watching online, even in your living rooms, I want you celebrating as the baptisms are happening, right? There should be all kinds of applause all over the place that's taking place because we are raised to walk a new life, not new-ish. That's the whole title of the series. That whole thing of living like sin six days a week and then putting the mask on to come to church, that's, that's someone saying, I have a new-ish life. I'm new-ish. I love Jesus. How about you? You know, that's what that is. But that's not our calling. Our calling is to live as Christ. Our calling is that we are in him and he is in us. That is the hope of glory is what Paul says. Right, That's what scripture calls us to is this new life. He continues on, verse 6 and 7. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we'd no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. So these two phrases, old self and body of sin. Old self. Old self is meaning the you before that was to, that surrender to Jesus as Lord and Savior. How you lived before that. That's the old self. That's what baptism symbolizes. The old you is dead and buried. That's what you're seeing. That's that picture that the old you is dead and buried. And then he uses the phrase body of sin. He's not saying body of sin like your body is by nature sinful. In fact, a lot of people say things like that, don't they? Well, you know, we just, by nature, we just, we sin a lot. It's just natural. It just, and I, I would argue against that. No, your nature is to praise God. Your nature is to worship him. I like how this commentator said it. He said, sin uses our body for its own evil purposes, perverting our natural instincts, degrading sleepiness into sloth, hunger into greed, sexual desire into lust. See, I, I align more with that. I think that's spot on. The Lord gave us a desire to rest. That's what the Sabbath is about. You should rest on the seventh day. The Lord set the example. We follow that example. You should be very intentional about saying, there's one day a week, I just, I rest in the Lord, right? Now, we rest in different ways, but we're not supposed to continue that pattern. That's called slothfulness, 
right? The Lord talks a lot about the importance of work. We are made to work. In the garden, Adam and Eve, they worked. Even when it was made exactly how God intended, they worked in the garden. We're made for work. Work is good, right? There's nothing wrong with work. But sinful desires say, I just want to sleep around all the time. I just want to lay around. I don't want to do anything. I want to be slothful. It just focuses all the attention on on us. That's where the sin starts to sneak in. The point is, the whole point of the cross, the resurrection, is that we are no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. We're free. Not just free for eternity, not just eternal freedom, but friends, you're, you're free today. You're free today. So I don't like talking a lot about my life before Christ. It's just not my favorite topic when I'm talking about the sin in my life. Um, I way, way, way prefer talking about who I am in Christ today. And I'll talk to you about my faith struggles and areas where like, man, I was supposed to do this, but I blew it. Like, so I don't mind those conversations. I just really struggle with talking about what life was like before. And what's funny is like my sin, it wasn't like I was murder, death, kill. Like I wasn't that. I wasn't like a prison guy, you know, but, but my sin was focused on pride My sin was focused on trying to find the applause of everybody else. So it would be on the field. It would be in the classroom. It'd be on the stage. I just want to be better than the next person. It's like on the field, what's that person doing across from me? I just want to be good enough to beat the snot out of that person. That's what I want to do. You know, in the classroom, I just want the highest grade in the school. That's all. You know, as long as I have that, then I feel really good. Why? Because I'm going to get the applause at the end that I won. And, And so my... My sin, if you want to boil it all down, my sin was this, idolatry. I wasn't seeking the Lord's approval. My satisfaction, my self-worth was based off of what everyone else in the world had to say about me. That's idolatry. I so chased idolatry in my life. But what's funny is if you would have asked me, hey, Billy, do you believe that there's God? I would say, oh, yeah, I believe there's God. How about Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Of course I believe in Jesus. What did Jesus do? On the third day, he rose from the dead. Billy, do you believe that? Yeah, I believe that. But if you ask me, Billy, has anything ever happened here to surrender to Jesus as Lord and Savior? No, that had not happened. I had not, in my heart, stood with Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That had never happened. That had never happened. And maybe that's you today. Maybe just that little piece of my testimony, you're going, I, I actually understand that. I want you to know that following the service, we're going to have a prayer team right up here, right up front. And um, maybe today is the day that you need to surrender to Jesus as Lord and Savior. And if that's you, like, don't, you can actually start praying right now. You don't even need us. You don't need the prayer team. You don't need me. With the power of the Holy Spirit right now where you are, you can start to pray just, Lord, I believe. You can do that right here, right now. Some of you are going through some other things. There's some stuff in your family that's kind of pressing down that I haven't even preaching about. It's just that I just want you to know the prayer team is up here to encourage you, to hurt with you. As soon as the service is over, they're going to be here. But first, it is baptism day. So those who are being baptized, come on up. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.